0: Hello, and welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. (laughs) I'm Dude, and we've had some technical difficulties here, so my spirits are a little low, but I'm going to welcome you to the Album Nerds Podcast anyway. uh, Hey Andy, you out there? Is everything working?
1: Hey buddy, yeah, I'm good. I'm bringing you some some sunshine from Rochester, New York. Well, (laughs) you know where you can put it. (laughs) <laughs> oh come on buddy I can't be
0: that bad well we've been trying to record this episode this? Third time's <laughs> a charm. so many times <laughs> and we were finally it seemed like we were rolling and then no so here we are again and i'm eeyore and that's andy And why don't you go over to the albumnerds.com webpage, check out our shows, check out our playlists, and tell us what you think and what we should be listening to. So we like to talk about music. Hopefully you like to listen to us talk about music. So that's what we're going to do today. And uh, we're going to be talking about a very fancy man and his legacy in a little bit.
1: Yes, music royalty. You
0: could say. Uh, so before we jump into that, I' feeling deja vu here. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was on last weekend. The television. Oh, was that was that last weekend? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know. Feel like I heard something about that. It's as if we've talked about it three times already. So <laughs> <laughs> there were. Hey, did you
1: know? Uh, did you know that Pearl Jam was laminated? <clears throat> I
0: don't Home even know fame? who Pearl Jam are.
1: Fill me in. <laughs> Well, buddy, back in the 90s, there was this thing called grunge music. <laughs> yeah, David Letterman uh, gave a pretty nice induction introduction for them.
0: Yep. It was he supposed to be awesome... Neil. Neil Young supposed was going to be Neil do it, Young. but he was yep. sick.
1: He was sick. So Letterman stepped in. He's got an awesomely huge Santa Claus beard now. Yes. It's pretty <laughs> hilarious.
0: <laughs> so funny.
1: Yeah, he's still pretty funny. He had a couple good uh, good stories in there about the band. And... So, yeah, Pearl Jam was inducted. Tupac Shakur, also now a member of the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, and Pearl Jam was the last. They were at the end. The show started with a little homage to Chuck Berry.
1: Oh, that's right, because he, he passed a, a month or yep. two ago now.
0: Yep, yeah. and uh, ELO. The Electric Light Orchestra, who were also inducted into the Hall of Fame, they started the show with a Chuck Berry tribute. Oh, cool. Yeah, so this took this was in the Brooklyn Barclays Center is where this was originally done, and, and then they record it and clean it up somewhat for television. So you can find it on HBO if you want to watch it on demand or whatever. Uh, so, yeah, Danny Harrison... He's George Harrison's son. Harrison's a son. He inducted Yellow. Um, and then Yellow played. Um, Joe, Yep, Joan Baez was inducted. She played. And I think uh, Mary Chapin Carpenter and the Indigo Girls joined her for some oh. folk music.
1: That's a big theme on this. these types of award shows, right? They have a lot of similar artists together to play together and then appease the crowd.
0: Well, a little bit of that and a little bit of, you know, it's just supposed to be good performances. You get to learn about the past. I think it's a really good show because you, you get exposed to things that either you had never heard or didn't know who it was. It's just a song you've heard a million times. Um, Getty Lee. Was, and uh, and Alex Lifeson from Rush.
1: Oh, from Rush. Yeah, sure.
0: They inducted Yes, and uh, Yes indeed. Geddy Lee played bass with Yes on the first song they did. Um, they did Roundabout, and then they did um, Owner of a Lonely Heart. Uh, Very good though. Sounded good. Then Snoopy Dog Dog had a really Cool induction speech for Tupac. And a uh, bunch of stars did Tupac songs, including Alicia Keys, a rapper named YG, and T.I. was out there, and Snoop was out there, of course. Uh, so then Journey. Whoa, I cracked. Uh, Journey. <laughs> Steve Perry was there, but did not perform. Arnell Pineda, their singer of 10 years now, the guy they found on YouTube from the Philippines. He uh I've seen them live. He's awesome with them. It was a great show like a year ago. And uh Lenny Kravitz did some Prince songs as a tribute. Oh, that's cool. He did um a kind of a slow down version of When the Doves Cry nice. and did The Cross from Sign O The Times. Hmm. It's a pretty good record. Maybe we should talk about it sometime. Um uh, and then then the Pearl jam part, they did three songs, and then uh rocking in the free World, I think was the closing of the show, so it was good. I would say people should go check it out it was It's always interesting, and even if you don't like all the bands, it's fun to see history.
1: Have you ever been to the the Hall of Fame in Cleveland? No, sir it's a really it's probably the coolest thing to do in Cleveland, which <laughs> isn't saying much, but uh. It's pretty awesome. I've been there a couple times now. All sorts of cool memorabilia, cool documentaries, you learn a lot. Um yeah. If you got an afternoon to kill in Cleveland, it's definitely
0: the thing to do. If I'm in the Cleveland Pearl Jam's there. That would well, it does I mean, I'd go anyway. It's not like they <laughs> hang out there. Like, oh, they don't actually stay there? No, they're not behind glass, sitting there waiting <laughs> to be asked questions. All right, so shall we actually get to business here?
1: Let's proceed with the proceedings.
0: So, Andy, what are we yeah, going to talk about today?
1: Well, as we tend to do in the show, we talk about our records... Talk about albums we love. And uh just a couple of weeks ago was the one year anniversary, sadly to say, of uh of Prince's passing. So we thought it maybe uh maybe be a good idea to talk about some of our favorite Prince records.
0: We also thought it'd be a good idea to drown ourselves in the catalog. Oh my oh, lord.
1: Jesus, this guy put out a lot of music. <laughs> I knew he put out a lot of records, but I had no idea. 39 studio albums, oh. something like five live records, all these side projects. that was a mammoth undertaking.
0: <laughs> and I i didn't listen to all the albums. I just tried to get... You didn't listen to everyone? No, well, not everything was available online <laughs> anyway. No.
1: Well, thankfully, some things are now available. Actually, yes. quite a bit is on Spotify. I know you said most things were on Google Play Music, too, yep. right? yep. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's huge. That just happened a few months ago, right? Their yes. estate decided to release them. Yep. It used to just be on the title music service, but now it's pretty widely available. You can get most of his catalog. hmm And it is awesome.
0: Yes. But as awesome as it is, take her slow. <laughs> Don't do it all in four days or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we decided what, like on Monday that we were going to do Prince, and... um. Yeah, pretty much the last what, seventy-two hours have just been nonstop. Yeah, all the prints you can handle.
0: Yeah, um, so much you can't. High, high falsetto and sexual innuendo are right at yeah. the tip of my tongue at all times right
1: now. Let's <laughs> give a quick background if people don't know who Prince is. Which just seems unbelievable, but he was the supremely talented. Some would call musical genius who came to prominence in the eighties. Um, I think most best known for the Purple Rain soundtrack and feature-length film. He's got an amazing, smooth, sexy singing voice. He does a lot of falsetto work, like you were saying. He's kind of a feminine personality on stage, but also known as like a sex symbol, which was okay in because it was the eighties and you could do that.
0: Uh, well. And he was a true musician too,
1: extremely talented.
0: Composed his own stuff, played all the instruments on played a bunch a lot of, the of the albums.
1: Yeah, amazing guitarist. I, I, I yeah. mean, I sometimes I forget. And just watching back on some live performances. His guitar soloing was up there with anybody. I mean, yeah. awesome, just mind blowing. Yeah,
0: and his height of popularity was probably around the same time as Michael Jackson. And there were always comparisons. I mean, one, they're both slightly effeminate looking and dressed flamboyantly, I guess you could say. But I don't know how many ladies Prince spent time (laughs) with, but it had to be in the thousands. I mean, if you just look at the women that were his paramours that he uh, help make albums. That's already a big number. Yeah. But uh he loved he loved the ladies and he loved talking about sexing them up in one way or another.
1: Oh uh, yeah. On some of these records it sounds like they're just recording some of their <laughs> sessions as they're as they're going at it. I mean it's it's pretty explicit stuff at times.
0: Yeah, but then he um became a Jehovah's Witness and cleaned it up a little bit in the Second half of the career, probably. So, yeah, he was recording up until the very end, and it started in the 70s. Yep. Was it 78, I want to say, was his debut record? I believe so, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, why don't we jump into some of the records, just a few we want to talk about, because clearly we can't talk about 39. We could, but you'd hate us.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's way too much material here, but we picked out a few that stood out to us. Should we just just get the obvious one out of the way here? You want to start yeah. with uh, so 1984, Purple Rain. The film came out, and of course, Prince put out the soundtrack as well, packed with all the singles that made him famous. Let's go crazy when doves cry. I would die for you, and of course, the title track, Purple Rain, all huge singles all around the world.
0: And darling, Nikki. Which is dirty.
1: Oh yes, I forgot about that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, that album went diamond in the diamond. US. With,
1: what does I, that even mean? So. I think
0: it's <laughs> I think it means like ten times platinum. Wow. Yeah. It was yeah. big. It's it was huge. very big. I mean people used to call him the purple one, but then Barney came along and ruined it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh right, let's play a quick ch- cut from uh from Purple Rain. Uh about track seven. I would die for you. I'm not your lover, I'm not a friend.
0: I am something that you never comprehend. No need to worry, no need to cry. I'm your Messiah, and I'll do reason why I wouldn't die. Good song.
1: Well, wow, just want to like, sing the rest of it.
0: I know. Great <laughs> so album. Good. Yeah, it really
1: is. That was, that was the first first record I heard from him back when I was a teenager. Just saw the movie about 10 years ago for the first time. Um, did not love it. But yeah. I was really. <laughs> the performances in that film, though, however, yeah. awesome.
0: Oh, and The Time, Mars Day in the Time, which was one of Prince's side projects really he was very involved Mm -hmm. with their songwriting and stuff and they're awesome yeah the performances are great but the movie is you know 80s big hair yeah a little cheesy yeah before we move on because everyone knows that record and i don't want to go on too long i have a vinyl copy of this record i bought used because i lost my original and in it i found a note okay Someone owned this a long time ago. And it says, I love Gregory Bruce like always and forever by Kelly Lynn Walters. Written August 16th, 1985
1: at 5:30 p.m. <laughs> wow, so they <laughs> bought that like right when it came out. Yeah, cool.
0: Isn't that awesome? I love that kind of stuff.
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Smells like a basement,
1: but their really? love lives on. Yeah. Nice. all right okay so we got that out of the way purple rain obviously probably his best record i think that's kind of widely accepted yes for me but, too for sure yeah yeah it can't go wrong with that but there's a bunch of other good ones we should uh we should touch on here i think immediately after that i would put uh sign of the times that's mm. kind of my number two prince record um so that was 1987 a couple of years later Yep. You want to just play the the title track from that one and give them a little taste of that? Sure thing. So this, at this point in his career, he's starting to get into this very, I'd say, creative and just this putting out just super huge albums of well over an hour. This this track, this record has 16 tracks on it. It's an hour and 20 minutes, and the next few albums are all, all similar. Like there's just a ton of material, so many crazy ideas. Um, just a huge range of styles going on on this. There's you know funk and pop and dance and like R&B and soul, and he makes it all work together. It all flows seamlessly. It's just amazing to hear someone pull off um, the range of of styles this guy takes on on this record.
0: Okay, now I don't know how true what I read on the internet is, but from what I found, this was a double album that came from two other projects. One, I don't know if this is true. One was supposedly a project that was entirely sung as a pitched up female alter ego.
1: Yeah, I heard this too. Yeah. Okay. And we'll then have
0: to do the, the whole album other- just,
1: just in this uh, woman, like, this is woman character, right? And then would kind of got right, scrapped. Right, so the whole and...
0: album would be him as this woman character. So they used tricks to- bring his voice pitch up or something. Um, And then the other was a follow-up of like a soundtrack for a a film that didn't happen, I think.
1: Oh, I see. So this wasn't intended to all be one record originally.
0: Not originally, I don't think, from what I've read. So that's why it might have so many personalities. But it is highly regarded as one of his best, regardless of how it came to be, it's really good.
1: That's kind of his genius. So he could just make anything work. It's that's, that's incredible. I I, I watched a, a recording from this time period uh, last night of his shows, and he's just ripping through the tracks on air, and somehow he just pulls them all off flawlessly. I mean, it's, it would take like five bands to play all this stuff normally, you know, to play this, this wide range of music.
0: That one went platinum. I mean, I, I had heard this album... A friend of mine like thought it was the Bible. He was obsessed with it. He had gotten a CD player. He was my first friend to have a CD player. And he was like, you've got to <laughs> listen to this. And so we did many, many times. But it's nice. uh, that was probably in about 1989 or something. So uh, I don't remember much. <laughs> Anything else to say about uh, Sign O, The Times?
1: Uh, nope, not really. I, you know, I'll listen to it more in the future. I'm glad, well uh, I get to dig into it. I, you know, I missed kind of missed this point of his career. I didn't really become aware of him until I was a little bit older, and he kind of had passed his peak. So it's been it was fun kind of digging back into some of his older records.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of been my opposite problem. So I first became aware of him in probably '82 or '3, when 1999 was out. -hmm. I didn't have cable, but on Friday nights on NBC after the news, there was a show called Friday Night Videos, and I'd stay up and watch anything I could. And Little Red Corvette was the first thing I ever saw by Prince, and that is on his 1982 album called 1999. That's right, folks. (laughs) It's from the future. Double album. Basically, in terms of length, Um, there are songs that are over six minutes, which is not really princey, at least in the early days, but it's really funky. So you got the three big songs. It starts off Little Red Corvette, 1999, and Delirious, which are the three most recognizable. And um, well, you know what? Let's listen to Delirious a little bit. Very synthy album, very loaded with sounds, tons of energy, funky, fun, and, you know, so you get all the hits out of the way at the beginning, and you can give up after that if you like, but I suggest <laughs> continuing. There's some really good stuff on here. Hey, what did you think of it? You hadn't heard it before, right?
1: Uh, just, the, just the hits, like you mentioned up um, front. It, it's a really interesting listen. There's some kind of... Bizarre stuff that happens on the second half of the record. Something in the water is kind of a a, a weird track. Mm -hmm. And same with Lady Cab Driver. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs)
0: It's
1: (laughs) a very experimental side of of him. And that was pretty cool to hear. Again, it's a long record. I mean, 70 minute record, just so many ideas. It's just, it's like he just, just like gushing out of him. Like he just can't stop all these different things from happening at once. I think
0: this was the setup. This is the setup for Purple Rain because that came next. and That had a blend of this crazy funkiness and uh, almost heavy guitar riffs, you know, like true rock and roll guitar riffs where, I mean, uh, even at the time, even rock and roller people who didn't like soul music couldn't help but like that stuff. So I feel like this album was part of that journey. It's really awesome. I've always liked it and uh, highly recommend. 1999 went four times platinum in the U.S. Nice, nice. So there's a theme here. The guy was very successful, especially during this time period.
1: Yeah, he had a run there, kind of from basically the whole 80s decade. He just dominated. Yeah, so after he kind of had his run in the 80s there, he did still put. Continue playing out music um, all through the 90s. He had a couple of good records in the 90s. Uh, Diamonds and Pearls, I really enjoyed listening to. That was pretty good. And this was about the point where he changed his name to that symbol character, kind of the male and female symbol combined into whatever, <laughs> the symbol. Um... I don't know. I know you kind of weren't as big into him in the 90s. It kind of became almost like a a joke on himself to a degree. He was so kind of the artist artist by this point, right?
0: Well, I guess for me at the time, he and Michael Jackson and Madonna, to me, were part of the early 80s. And I had mm-hmm. moved on to other things. I mean, I liked hit songs that came out by them, but I wasn't consuming their albums. I wasn't buying their tapes for the most part. Um, But I still liked them, and if they were on Arsenio, I'd watch them. Gotcha. Some of this was going back and hearing the rest when all I'd heard was a few songs. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting. It was fun. Good records.
1: Yeah, there's some good stuff mixed in there. There's a lot lot of, I wouldn't say, questionable but lots of be filler content they, he was just so prolific he put out so much music um even before he passed away i know he was touring and he put out uh that double record got two years ago and then before that was the artificial age which i think was actually a pretty good record yeah we both enjoyed it um actually we got time to play
0: one track from that the breakfast can wait
1: Tell ya. I think you're great. I know you but I need another
0: can wait. in jail. Oh yeah. I like that song. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs>
1: smooth vibes going on.
0: Anything else to add? I mean, there's just a ton. Go out there, go to your streaming service, look up Prince. Prince and the New Power Generation, Prince and the Revolution, whatever you can find, and uh, dive in because it's some interesting
1: stuff. Yeah, start, great album. You can start in like the early to mid '80s and just go from there. Can't go wrong. And I just say, you know, I was pretty obviously pretty sad when he passed away last year. And he was really like mm-hmm. the one act that I wanted to try and see, kind of the big name before before I died and then he goes and beats me to it unfortunately because his live performances I just watched a bunch of them on YouTube and and Purple Rain and just incredible energy and musicianship and choreography and the light show and just the whole situation there is just it was incredible incredible performance I've heard many people say he was hands down the best live artist to see like in concert,
0: yeah. All right, cool. Well, that was fun. I hope we kept it brief. I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough subject yeah, we, with so we much could do a material. Whole year
1: on on his catalog, but uh, yeah, yeah.
0: All right, cool. So, a couple weeks back, we recommended albums for each other, right? Trying something new. That's right. And uh, how'd that go? I recommended uh, Coulter Wall. Imaginary Appalachia for you. Mm-hmm. Kind of a Canadian Johnny Cash young fella. Yep. What'd you think? You know, I enjoyed it. Uh, I knew it.
1: It felt a little
0: incomplete because I couldn't find any more information on the guy. Is this his first record? From what I can tell, <laughs> yes. Um, he's got one coming out this month.
1: Oh, uh, this month. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, Keep an eye
0: out for it produced by dave cobb oh god of course (laughs) all right yeah so the singles are what the singles that they've released from the new album are what caught my eye and i went back and listened to this album and thought it was really cool and uh the guy's got an awesome personality for my taste in country so i was hoping to uh continue to convince you to be a country fan
1: trying to (laughs) beat me over the head with that country music yeah. until I like it <laughs> yeah he's got like that really cavernous deep Johnny Cash voice you can just kind of get lost in and he tells us pretty good stories um you know maybe not Cash level but I think you know he's early in his career give him the chance here and yeah you know the record's only 22 minutes long seven tracks but uh I enjoyed it listen to a bunch um let's play a quick track from it uh the last track the devil wears a suit and tie
0: Learn you learn your summer I know, a few turns to
1: make all the girls dance Don't you know the devil wears a suit and a tie I saw him driving down to 61 and early too black White as a cotton field and sharp as a knife I heard him howling as he passed me by
0: I really dig that stuff. It's so earthy and folky and Yeah.
1: Earthy's a good word.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I I thought I might be able to lasso you with some <laughs> I mean, nobody doesn't like Johnny Cash. That's so true. That's true. I figured <laughs> could trick you once again. <laughs>
1: cool. Well I'll keep an eye out when there's uh this new record comes out later yep. this month.
0: Well, I'm sure Great. we'll be talking about it.
1: And for you, I recommended uh, a newer artist to me, Andrew Combs. who got a record out a couple of weeks ago called Canyons of My Mind. What did you think of that?
0: I liked it. Um, 70s singer-songwriter type of vibe, I thought. like his voice. I like the tone. It's like country folk with a little pop rock sprinkled in great voice nice falsetto nice range it's just a really pleasant listen and i need to give it more time and attention
1: yeah that's cool man glad you enjoyed it it's not like my favorite record at the moment but uh there's some really good tracks on here i think uh a couple always stand out when i go through, when i do give it a listen
0: yeah so uh let's listen to a little bit of a bourgeois king second to last track on the album and uh, here we go
1: politicians
0: in our twine and holding hands feed us fiction fabrication make this country great
1: again newspaper headlines story who else stay
0: So I wonder what that's about. Uh, <laughs> yeah, political times, and people are singing about that stuff again. And that would kind of lean itself to the folk part here. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, really good. So thanks, man. I will continue to try to dig into that and, and see where Andrew takes me. But yeah, good stuff.
1: Cool. Yeah, so uh, those two records, again, were Coulter Wall, The Imaginary Appalachia, was the one that the dude recommended, and mine was Andrew Combs, Canyons of My
0: Mind. Canyons. Both. <laughs> <laughs> you going to finish that? No, I just wanted to punch up Canyons. Canyons, Yes. All right, man. I think that about does it for this week's show. We got
1: anything else you want to uh, say?
0: Check us out. Albumnerds.com. That's albumnerds with an A dot com. Go to our website. Listen to our show. Do ratings. Go to, what's it called? iTunes, right? That's the Apple world. Go there. Give us five stars, if you believe it. And uh, help us climb up the ratings. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Uh, If you're a horse whisperer, tell the horse. We need people to listen to this show. And uh, we want to grow this community. And it's fun. And we just want to have some more people to share it with. So get out there, folks. Get us some listeners.
1: Yeah. Hit us up on uh, Twitter. Tell us where you're listening to. Follow us on Symbol. Hear what we're listening to. Just tell us, uh, tell us if you like the show. It's always good to hear from, uh, good to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Love you. Goodbye.
0: I would die for you. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Bye bye.
1: See ya.